So from a seller's perspective, when you ask the question, what do you do if the deposit doesn't come in? Number one, uh, the realtor is probably going to communicate with the other agent. Next thing, if they're adamant about not providing it, you speak with your lawyer. Your lawyer will advise you on the next step, but usually it will be similar to what I experienced, a letter to the buyer um, conveying that they need they have until a certain day and time to provide the deposit before pursuing uh, compensation for damages. And at that point, if they still haven't provided it by that date and time, you're relisting it to try and buy, find another buyer uh, to minimize your losses. Hey, everybody, what's up? Welcome to episode 182 of KT Confidential. I'm your host, Adrian. This is our other host, Ariel. Good morning. How are you today? I'm good. How are you? Excellent. Thank you. If this is your first time tuning into KT Confidential, we talk everything real estate. So whether you are a first-time buyer, a first-time seller, an investor, a landlord with a bad tenant, or a tenant with a slumlord uh, as a landlord, hit that subscribe button. We might have some insightful information for you. Well, even if you're an experienced buyer seller. If you, uh, if you are an experienced, yes. Or if you're a realtor, new Not or to experienced. Anything real estate goes here. That's right. Topic okay. for today. Topic for today. We are discussing something that I think is a, a, a very appropriate as far as the market is concerned. And that is, what do you do um, or things to consider if a buyer does not provide a deposit? And I think this is important for the buyer who's considering not to provide a deposit. And this is important for the seller who does not get the deposit. I think it's also appropriate. So you're talking about a scenario where hey, there's a I'll property. Get there. I'll get there. Yeah, I'll get go. there. Okay. This is also this Ooh. is also appropriate Chippy. for uh, deposits that have been provided, but a buyer or a seller are in breach of their contract and try not to fulfill their obligations. And yes, so this is where, let's say hypothetically, you hold um, an offer night. It doesn't have to be an offer night, I suppose, but you get an offer. Any situation where you, you the property sells. Yeah, you get an offer, you accept the offer as a seller, you uh, have no conditions, because that's a factor. And everything is signed. Well, sure. Because uh, well, we'll, talk we'll, we'll about get that. into that. We'll get into that. And then uh, generally speaking, unless specified otherwise in the agreement of purchase and sale, the buyer is obligated to deliver the deposit to the brokerage, the listing brokerage within 24 hours. So what do you do if that does not happen? If, if the agreement of purchase and sale agreement of purchase and sale says in the deposit line, which is on page one of the uh, Ontario real estate association and all of the supporting boards, um, whatever line that is line three or four, um, if it says upon acceptance, it's due within 24 hours of acceptance. Yes. Yes. Which is also. Uh, yeah. Go ahead. A lot of realtors misunderstand what that exactly means. So we can talk about that too. Yes. Well, um, so as far as it pertains to it being an appropriate conversation, given the market conditions, if we think back to, so we had this happen in 2017 
you were more directly involved in it, so you could probably speak to it a bit better. But that scenario, the deposit was provided, but uh, close to closing, the buyer, I mean, you can maybe take over from there, but the buyer decided they don't want to close or couldn't close, whatever. Well, that's a whole other discussion, nothing to do with providing the deposit. I mean, in in some capacity it does because it gives the seller leverage in terms of how they're going to pursue the next steps. But in that scenario, I know what you're talking about. Um, We, in that instance, we had an offer night. Uh, It's when the market was still going very, very strong in 2017. So we're talking five years ago now. And we had multiple offers. We accepted an offer. And within that 24-hour time frame, we got the deposit. And it was a significant deposit. It was a six-figure deposit. And the closing date was set, we'll call it about 90 days past that date. So closing in 90 days. The purchaser... And I did the due diligence when we accepted the offer. We knew they had a home to sell. The agent seemed capable. They seemed like they were going to price it at a reasonable valuation. It was in a good neighborhood, desirable home, nice pool home. Um, They listed the property at the time where in 2017, there were market changes there were mortgage changes there were government changes rules regulations um a whole bunch of changes that affected the market in 2017 and we saw a pullback much like we have seen in the last six to eight weeks we've seen a a pullback with an abundance of inventory. So the prices started to go down a little bit. So we talk about peaks and valleys, right? Uh, Real estate has those traditional peaks and valleys. It goes up, sometimes it goes down. And in this case, when they listed their property for sale, there was an abundance of inventory on the market. They priced it at a valuation that would have been applicable six weeks, eight weeks prior, and it sat on the market for four weeks, the offers that they got on the property wasn't what they budgeted for. So they planned on getting X, we'll call it one and a half million, which I think is relatively accurate at that time. And they were getting offers of 1.25. So a significant difference in what they had budgeted for compared to what they were able to sell for. So they didn't end up selling and they came back to us and said, we cannot close on the property we purchased because we cannot sell our property. And so that wasn't entirely true because they could sell their property, just not at a valuation that they felt was reasonable. And, uh, We advised our sellers to not release them from um, the transaction. Certainly, we were just a couple of weeks to closing. And our sellers at that point had committed to another property as well. So there's that trickle down effect again that we always talk about that one, one transaction can affect many transactions at the same time. So luckily, the sellers 
uh, chose a very, very uh, reputable lawyer that we do many transactions with, um, local local lawyer. And um, it was also her advice to not them not let them out of the transaction, and that we would seek legal uh, legal means. And and um, they ended up taking them to court, and they ended up winning. And they not only so what happened was we had to relist the property for sale, so we had to restage it new photos because it was a different time of year and different staging. Um, So start from scratch basically and resell the property. So not only now did the sellers incur additional expenses on selling it, they also now incurred uh, a deficit in terms of what the property sold for, for the from to the original uh, purchasers and what the property sold for now the second time around because there was that dip in the market Um, they also incurred carrying costs now of both properties um, because they closed on their their new home and uh, so they sued they sued for the costs that they were out they sued for um, the loss in value and they sued for the carrying costs and uh, and legal fees and they won and they got yeah. paid yeah well it's an easy i would say in most cases it's an easy case to to sell uh, every, every case lawyer, is different and 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 every judge might be looking at it differently too but um let's just go back to to the whole deposit side of things yes. so so in this case we had a hundred thousand dollar deposit in hand Right. Um, So usually when there's that much money on the line, the buyer is more inclined to see that transaction through. So it's really, really important to get as much deposit as you possibly can, while 5% is kind of asked for commonplace in, in the GTA. Um, every pocket around the GTA might have, um, you know, different standard of practice. Uh, the further out you go and the further into Northern Ontario or some of the Hamilton regions, um, or areas in Hamilton region, um, you know, things might be a bit different, but, um, you want to get at least 5%, like 5% is not a whole lot to ask for on a million dollar transaction to, you know, cough up 50 grand is not that big of a deal. If you can't cough up 50 grand as a deposit on a million dollar purchase, um, how confident are you as a seller or as the seller's agent that this person's going to have enough money to put a down payment and close that transaction? Right. Well, then now, so let's rewind to, or just go back to the scenario where the buyer does not provide the deposit. And I mean, you still have, um, you still have a, a legally binding signed contract and they are still obligated to fulfill their, their duties within that contract, which means closing on it. It does. I, I mean, I've, I've recently had a scenario where the buyer did not, want to give the deposit. So the day after we uh, accepted a firm offer, 
We got a call from the other real estate agent saying his clients were not going to provide the deposit because all of a sudden, uh, within the, a, a matter of three business hours the next morning, uh, they found out they could not afford the mortgage. Um, being a firm yeah, offer. I call bullshit on that. Well, and so we did. And, but being a firm offer, that's not our problem. You know, they, they came in with no conditions. Uh, they were confident the night before that the mortgage would not be an issue. And perhaps, uh, you know, after dealing with this agent, perhaps he did not explain the uh, ramifications of having no conditions and not having a firm mortgage approval. Maybe they didn't realize what they were actually signing. And that's a topic that we've discussed lately. You sent me an email today with a link to an article where people are not being conveyed details about what they're signing or they don't understand what they're getting themselves into. Anyway, so in this particular case, um, we actually uh, seek legal counsel from the same lawyer who you're referring to. And her advice was, uh, in many of these cases where the buyer doesn't provide the deposit after signing the agreement, oftentimes it's uh, cold feet. And oftentimes sending a, a letter to them to convey uh, the repercussions of their actions or inactions is enough to scare them back into the deal. Um, it was funny because the, the realtor that I was working with, he, uh, after I told him that, well, we're not releasing you from the offer, we'll, we'll send you a letter from our lawyer. He started to try to negotiate with me again, saying, well, well can you accept X amount of money? Can you accept X amount of money instead of the agreed upon amount? And we said no. And then, you know, we, I tried to make some suggestions to make it work. He was not um, cooperative with that. So we sent an email with one option to try to get creative, to keep the deal together, uh, to accommodate his requests. Alternatively, here's the letter. If you don't agree to this, um, then your clients are on the hook for exactly what they agreed to buy the house for. And uh, in, the, in that case, we were fortunate within one hour, literally one hour, the deposit was in our brokerage's account. So I want to talk about a few things. And that's an interesting story because obviously they probably, yeah, to, to that lawyer's point, had cold feet. Um, and to your point, they probably weren't legally advised properly by their realtor as to what binding contract they were signing. But there's yeah. a couple of things there because, I mean, the point of this uh, podcast was to talk a little bit about what happens if they don't bring the deposit. Now, as the listing realtor representing the sellers, when this instance occurs, we usually look at a few scenarios or, you know, dissect that in a few different ways and, and counsel the seller accordingly. because. You mentioned conditions a few times. So as an example, if you accept a conditional contract, whether it's conditional on financing, certainly if it's conditional on financing, potentially if it's conditional on a home inspection, 
Certainly, if it's conditional on the sale of their property, there are ways that the buyer can get out of the deal. So if they're, as an example, if there is a condition on them being approved for a mortgage, depending on how that clause is written and what is within that clause, a lot of the clauses that we see gives them an out, right? Generally, they're very vague. Yes, They are very vague. So if I'm a buyer that gets cold feet, simply I will supply the deposit and just refer to my conditional period of financing and then say, well, nope, financing isn't coming together. Uh, We need out of this deal. And in the contract, it says that if I don't get financing that's appropriate to me, you're going to sign a mutual release and return my deposit without any deductions. So please do that now. So so if it's conditional on a, a finance clause, then, you know, the buyer is in full um, full control. Uh, home inspection could be similar, again, depending on how that clause is written. Um, because if you have a home inspection and you find, let's say the home inspector says, ooh, you're going to need new windows in six months because all of the seals on these windows are gone. They're 20 years old. And you as the buyer say, oh, I didn't realize it's going to need $30,000 of windows in the next six months. I don't want this house. Um, And you've agreed in the clause to give me my deposit back in full and sign a mutual release. Um, Now, Again, it depends on how that clause is written because it, in some cases, might have to be reasonable, right? So if the home inspection comes back and the only thing wrong with the home is that one receptacle is faulty, you can't exactly go back and say, oh, I don't want this house. I'm not agreeing to it because of the home inspection. Well, what was wrong with the home inspection? Oh, well, a receptacle needs to be replaced and I find that unacceptable. Um, So again, it depends how that clause is written. And then if there's a clause where, or a condition upon the sale of the buyer's property, um, certainly that's like a walking stick because they'll just list the property for sale at an unreasonable price. And, um, and then ultimately get out with with that condition. Did I lose you, Adrian? Looks like you're frozen on my end. Let's see if we get you back.
it looks like we may have lost Adrian. So I'm going to kind of wrap this up. This is episode 182 of KT Confidential, the real estate podcast. Uh, I lost my co-host here. It looks like a bad connection. Uh, we were talking a little bit about deposits. What happens if a buyer does not provide the deposit on uh, the purchase of a property? And then what do you do as a seller? Um, so... If the deposit is not received within the agreed time, the job of the seller and the seller's realtor really is to then understand what... Opening back up and sending a link. Oh, here he comes. Here he comes. He's joining us again. Are you back? All right. Well, welcome back. I was uh, I was carrying on without you fully planning on doing that without you, but uh, glad that uh, glad that I have you with me again. Everything so, crashed. Every every app just shut down randomly. Maybe it's time to upgrade your computer. I'm joking. <laughs> I'm joking. You're never just, satisfied. You're never he just, satisfied. He just got a new MacBook, but then uh, <clears throat> actually now it's almost a year old, I think. But, no, no, uh, I got it. I got it uh, at Christmas. Yeah. Okay. So half a year old. Yeah. Uh, but then I went and got the, I'll call it the Mac Daddy of Macs. Um, which is what I'm using today. I I like having a desktop and a laptop. I like having that flexibility. Anyways, so we were talking about, or I, I was talking about as you bailed on us, um, what, what our job is as a realtor and then what the job of a listing um, of the seller is if that deposit doesn't come through, right? So, yes. so in the contract, Let's say there's a hundred thousand dollar deposit and it's due within twenty four hours. That twenty four hour time frame elapses. So what we look at, again going back to the conditions in the deal, if there are any conditions in the deal, yeah. and the deposit doesn't come together within that twenty four hour period or the agreed upon period, chances are you're gonna let them out of that deal and say, okay. Let's just pivot to the next uh, next interested buyer. Certainly, if there were other offers, you will probably want to move quickly and go back to those potential buyers. Um, but if you don't have a deposit on a conditional deal, you're giving them a walking stick anyway because there are conditions in it. So even if they bring the deposit, they have outs. As frustrating um, as it may be, yeah, you're better sure. just to move on because they could get out anyways. Yes. Um, but I, I think one of the most important things, if you're ever in a situation like this, conditions or no conditions, is one, always consult a lawyer. This is not legal advice. Um, but also, uh, and your lawyer will, uh, in most cases, agree that provided you've given them a reasonable time to provide the deposit, uh, you need to do what you can to minimize your damages, uh, which in many cases, such as uh, in the event in 20- you're suing them. Right. Uh, back in 2017, uh, what we did then is relisted immediately. As soon as the lawyer gave us the OK, you know, we acted promptly to get it back on the market, get it resold for as much as we possibly could reduce the um, the additional carrying costs that they would have had. 
Um, so that's key. and and when it goes to court in that instance, they may want to see comparable sales to know that what you sold for was at what would be deemed market value at that point. Certainly, sure, if yeah. there was a shift in the selling price. Yes, absolutely. Um, so from a seller's perspective, when you ask the question, what do you do if the deposit doesn't come in? Number one, uh, the realtor is probably going to communicate with the other agent. Next thing, if they're adamant about not providing it, you speak with your lawyer. Your lawyer will advise you on the next step, but usually it will be similar to what I experienced, a letter to the buyer um, conveying that they need they have until a certain day and time to provide the deposit before pursuing uh, compensation for damages. And at that point, if they still haven't provided it by that date and time, you're relisting it to try and buy, find another buyer uh, to minimize your losses. Now, it also depends on what is happening in the market and how did your property sell. So as an example, if this was now you know, January, February of 2022, where there was extremely low supply and extremely high demand. And you could put a home on, you know, a nicely positioned home, well-marketed, well-priced. You could put that home on the market and receive 10 offers on it. If the offer that you accept isn't, even if it's a firm deal, if they're not coming in with the deposit, you might decide, well, based on the current market, I can resell it for the same or close to it, given we had nine other potential suitors and maybe more. Um, so we're not going to go through the hassle of trying to hold the original buyer accountable and we're not going to go through the court process and even if we did end up having to resell in that process of trying to hold them accountable, we might end up selling for more. So we don't have well, as much. So it's still important to, to note that that um, I'll give you an example. Last year, there was an article I read about a situation where uh, there was a sale in Toronto and the Toronto, Toronto and the buyer provided a hundred definitely live in Milton. $100,000 deposit. And uh, oh, I'm a bit congested. So I'm overemphasizing my, uh, my words, uh, just to make sure I'm speaking clearly. Anyway, so this buyer provided a $100,000 deposit. I don't remember what the sale price was. Um, they ended up not closing. Okay, they, they, they said they couldn't sell their house, which is probably similar to your situation, but it's just they couldn't sell for what they wanted to sell for. Um, so they backed out. The seller relisted, the market had improved, so they sold for more. They sold for $100,000 more than the previous sale. Uh, they ended up going through litigation, um, and the seller, not only did they sell for hundred k more, they got to keep the $100,000 deposit from the original sale. Um, so you always want to be careful. If, if the buyer tries to back out, don't ever agree to it. Or, or, you know, always can always seek legal advice. That was it. All right. Well, <laughs> I think that's a good way to end episode 182. Um, if you've been in this scenario and want to give us some insight, we'd love to hear your stories. Or if you have any questions, um, send us a DM. 
leave us a comment. You can also call us anytime if you want some advice. We it's don't. actually funny you say that because I had somebody call me the other day. He was watching. He actually watched one of our videos. It was the buyer representation agreement of a, a video about BRAs. And he called me. He said, hey, I hope you don't mind that I called you. Um, I said, well, I wouldn't make my phone number as easily accessible as it is if I cared that people called me. Right. So I encourage it. We encourage it. Well, certainly if you Google our names whether individually or together, you will find a multitude of ways that you can get in touch with us. But you can also call our 1-800 number, which is a, a wonderful resource to all of our followers, all of our clients. If you call 1-800-617-0090, somebody's always available to help you. And if we're not, we get back to you really quickly. So whether you're a buyer, seller, looking at residential, commercial, looking at leasing, want to be a landlord, you want to rent out your property, whatever, we can handle it. We welcome your calls. We welcome your comments. We welcome your DMs. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. Episode 182.